And this is so powerful. It's incredible how powerful this is. And I encourage salespeople everywhere to start getting comfortable with this idea so that they can implement this kind of as soon as possible. Welcome everyone to the Close More Sales Podcast. On today's episode, I'm excited to get super tactical and dive into a topic that's not just close to my heart, but foundational to every effective sales conversation you'll ever have. And it's about the art of making your prospects feel understood through the power of mirroring, paraphrasing, and active listening. This trio of communication techniques, when used correctly, can transform your sales interactions, building deeper connections to get your prospects to decide to take action. But first, why should you listen to this show? What's the point of it here? Well, our purpose, the purpose of this podcast is to empower sales professionals and entrepreneurs to push themselves to grow, achieve unimaginable success without burning out and ultimately transform their lives. I mean, Ross, and I'm obsessed with all things sales and I work with teams across the country to make more money by asking better questions. And the most proven path to achieving financial freedom is maximizing your earning potential. And a sales role is the lowest barrier with the highest possible ceiling for entry onto that path. Anyone can become a killer salesperson with the right techniques, what we're going over today, the right mindset and consistency. Everything we cover here is geared toward one thing, helping you close more sales so you can live the life that you want. Now, this is a newer podcast, so we're in the growth stage, very much so. If you get any value from today's episode, follow and subscribe and all that jazz. Let us know either in the comments on YouTube or in a review where you listen to podcasts. Tell us what it is you got out of the show. But more importantly, tell your friends, family, and your coworkers who you think could also get value from what we are gonna be talking about, specifically about what we're gonna be talking about today. Because the thing is, if you have conversations or someone you know does, where how well you speak determines how much money you can make, you are essentially in a sales role. And if you'd like to get better at what you do, text CLOSE, that's C-L-O-S-E to 33777, and we'll see if we can help you out along the process. We are gonna break down today's topic into three main segments for you. The first segment will be the transformative power of mirroring and sales conversations to get someone to open up. Then we'll talk about paraphrasing effectively to solidify that your prospects feel truly listened to. And then finally, we'll talk about how active listening acts as the glue in understanding and responding to your prospects and will allow you to call out any of their hesitations before they become actual objections, actual roadblocks that slow your ability to close the sale. Let me start 
first to illustrate the point with a personal story here that sets the stage for our discussion. It was relatively early in my sales career. Uh, I was sitting across from a prospect trying to sell them solar. And um, I was picking up steam at this company. I was doing quite well for myself at this point. And I remember I was in the middle of listening to Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss on audiobook while I was driving around between appointments and I spent, had a lot of time in the car. Uh, it would be sometimes an hour and a half drive from one place to another. And so while listening to this audiobook, I was eager to use some of the negotiation techniques in my own sales consultations because it was a lot of time in the car. So the story here, I remember we were, I was sitting across from each other and this guy was not super, how do I say this? He was not uh, super receptive to wanting to, to, to let me be in control and guide the conversation. Many people will know that a thing that's important to salespeople is being in charge of the conversation, making sure that the prospect feels like they have control, but you're in charge. And I remember this guy was basically, the polite word is like kind of an old nerd, I think. Nerd doesn't have the same negative connotation today as when I was growing up. That's not quite as negative to say it now. He was an older nerd, like an old computer programmer. And I remember he was, he started off and telling me all these uh, stories about like, you, I, I was using, I, just like listening to these technical details around the programming languages and the hardware he was programming and all these like old, you know, uh, Windows 95 challenges and stuff with networks and stuff that was just like totally going over my head. And I know a decent amount, I knew a little bit more at the time because I was a little bit closer to trying to pursue computer science a little bit. Uh, but I knew enough to kind of hang in there but I was key and excited to use the techniques I had been learning from Never Split the Difference. And one that stood out to me that Chris Voss talks about a lot is mirroring. And so he would say things to me and I knew he wanted to talk. He was clearly a talker. His wife was there. She was. She did not want to sit in on the consultation, was not a decision maker in this. And uh, which I don't always believe the prospects when they tell me that. This time I actually did believe it. And uh, she sort of left and he was telling me stories of being like, yeah, I was, I was programming with like the third compiler of Fortran back in 96. And I would just go like in 96 and he'd be like, yeah, it was crazy. And he would just, he kept going. And I was in that home for quite some time. I think this was in Zion, Illinois, if I recall, it was about an, for where I was about an hour drive north from Chicago where I live and I was in that house for quite some time and he had all these stories and I just kept mirroring yeah it was with with this compiler and then we we had this network system and it was a it was a you know a break back I'm like a break back it just like what he's like yeah you wouldn't believe it he just kept on going at the end of it he was very much like so you want to do this or not like let's we get solar <laughs> it was it really stood out to me because I was just I was just like enthralled in his story. I was acting enthralled and mirroring certain keywords that he was saying back to him, which he just took his cues to keep going. And it stood out to me profoundly because uh, I remember he, uh, at the end, he signed up and his wife was key to let me know. For some reason, she had some type of moral obligation to make sure that I knew 
we're signing up because we want solar, not because you're a good salesman. That's a big thing for her to make sure that I knew that. And I remember that I was like, no, of course, I didn't do anything. But I, in my head, I was thinking, the reason you're signing up and you don't know I'm a good salesman is because I'm a good salesman. <laughs> I remember having that thought. But it was also funny because when I, it was right before I went on vacation, I was signing that guy up. I was about to take like my first week vacation at that company. And uh, my manager had to help them with some things because there were some challenges with like the financing or something with, you know, the inspectors coming to see the house. There was some challenge there that my manager had to step in because while I was on vacation, my manager wanted to respect that and he was letting me take this week off because I'd been working so hard. And so while he was doing this, my manager was having to jump in and answer these questions. And I remember at the end of it, my manager said to me, he was like, I cannot believe what type of rapport you built with this guy because they were facing like problems with his roof or like there's something with the wall that they were concerned about. And then financing challenges and having to resend a link, all the types of relatively minor challenges, but any salesperson know enough of those happen for a prospect. They just go, ah, never mind. This isn't worth it, especially when they weren't super keen on the idea to begin with. So the fact that this was not a super warm lead in terms of his interest level in solar and that he was just so like gung-ho, I'm happy to talk through the challenges of getting financing or whatever with my manager. My manager was so impressed. He was like, what did you say to him? Like he was like worried I over-promised about what solar could do because of how committed he was while they were facing challenges compared to how other homeowners had reacted to similar things. And I told him, I, was, I just mirrored back what he said. We, we had that rapport because I said back to him his own words and made him feel like the most interesting man in the world. So this gets into what I mean by mirroring here. And I want to give some more information and context here and do a dive because for many people, when they hear the word mirroring, and this was myself included before I got exposed to stuff with Chris Voss and Never Split the Difference and, and stuff we do here at Disruptors, was I always thought of mirroring as just sort of matching energy, which is very valuable. So it's like, in terms of physicality, if they lean back and cross their arms, that means they're more closed off. You lean back and cross their arms and hope that as you build up rapport, you can uncross your arms and then they uncross their arms, right? It's that type of thing. If someone is talks with a little bit slower cadence, they're a little bit slower to make their points, you talk a little bit slower when you're presenting. You slow down a little bit to make sure you match them. If they got higher energy, if they're really emotive, you try and do the same thing. I'm familiar with that, and most people are, after a certain amount of time in sales. That's what they think of as mirroring. What I want to talk about here, that's very valuable, and it's another thing we can talk about on a different episode. The technique here is, for context, is a little bit more like reflecting back their own words at them. Techniques here is mirroring a prospect's language at, back at them effectively. And there's two main ways to do this. So number one is the final few words at the end of the sentence, which is the most common thing to do. And the second way is a few keywords within that sentence, either keywords that are unique to your industry or words that indicate usually some type of negative emotion for your prospect. So an example that I always give is we can't afford it right now. If you hear someone say that, hey, we can't afford it right now. 
traditional mirroring. We just go right now and they'll go, yeah, because here's what's going on. And they start talking. They give you more information as you get a little bit more experience with it and you're more comfortable doing mirroring, you can understand that even though simply mirroring the end of what they say will get someone to open up, they're most likely to open up on what you mirror. So if they end on, we can't afford it right now, and you mirror right now, they're most likely to elaborate on their timeline. But let's say you're not as worried about timeline in this example, you're more worried about the fact that they feel like they can't afford it. In which case, I would mirror back a few words within the sentence, which is, can't afford it. And then they would elaborate on that. So that's simply mirroring. And this is so powerful. It's incredible how powerful this is. And I encourage salespeople everywhere to start getting comfortable with this idea so that they can implement this kind of as soon as possible. I always tell people to practice on, you know, friends, family, coworkers before practicing these techniques on serious prospects who are trying to take action because you're more likely to be nervous and mess up when you're new to it. So get that experience, get the cotton out of your cheeks, as I like to say, and, and get comfortable using the techniques when money's not on the line. But Man, mirroring, simply put, is one of the fastest hacks to getting someone to open up more. And also using someone's words back at them, that's really what this episode is about. The idea of repeating the words back to the prospect so that they feel heard and understood. So start mirroring, especially in terms of those keywords, the, the things to look out for is industry-specific keywords or words, as I said, that indicate some type of negative emotion. Most commonly, pain to an extent, especially if the pain they reveal is something that buying your product or service solves that pain. So for instance, if you're selling a, a fitness, like a weight loss program, and someone's talking about, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit ashamed of my weight. There's a bunch of things you could mirror back there. Uh, you could mirror a little bit, which would probably trigger the person you're talking to, uh, of your weight. I mean, you could mirror that. It's the basic. That's level one to the end of the sentence. But I would probably want to mirror back the negative emotion. You're a little bit ashamed. Get them to start opening up. It's so powerful using their words back at them. It's the equivalent of, would you tell me more about that? But by shortening how much you talk and leaving this kind of expectant pause at the question, people tend to keep talking. So powerful, start doing it immediately. Next up, I wanna talk about, about paraphrasing here, to, which is, it's kind of advanced mirroring, so I think about it. It's like paraphrasing slash summarizing what your prospect just said. This is the sense of them truly feeling understood. So the key here, and what I mean by paraphrasing is restating the key ideas and convictions of your prospect into your own unique words. So I, heads up, I get pitched for things all the time for many, many reasons. Uh, and part of that is because I'm obsessed with sales and I like to see what other people are doing. I'm curious what 
techniques and tactics other salespeople are utilizing. One of the pitches that stood out to me was a sales influencer who some of you may know or might not, I'm good into it, but I got pitched by someone on his team and his team member was pitching a kind of like lean set for you type thing. And I was so amazed at his sales guys paraphrasing and summarizing skills. It really stood out to me as we went through the process. It, it, this is basically advanced mirroring in a way. Um, so what he did is he, I would talk about what I was doing, what was going on, and he would recap everything I had just said in a way that I was like, I was convinced that he had like an AI taking notes because his memory must have been, was so good for everything I just said, repeating my own same words back at him. I was like, he must have like an AI making bullet points of everything I just said with how concisely he's repeating it back. I don't think he was, at least he told me he wasn't because I addressed it directly because I was curious if he had that tool. But man, I was, I was impressed. I would say, yeah, we're, this is what I'm working on now and I've been doing this. And after, you know, asking me, five or six questions, he would recap in his own words everything I had just said before moving on to the next section of the sale. Um, this is, as Ed, I mean, I was so impressed. Even though I had no intention of ever buying this, I was wasting this guy's time and I have wasted his time multiple on most multiple occurrences. I was so impressed. And if, for me to be impressed, usually I'm not impressed by salespeople, to be honest with you. Most of the time I'm getting pitched, it's just a reminder to me that I'm confident in what I'm teaching. Because if this other person was doing this thing, I'd feel like, oh, maybe I even would have taken action. So impressed with this guy. Let's talk about this here, about how you can start utilizing the same approach. So this is a, on the most more tactical level, it is advanced mirroring. The principle here that's key worth pointing out is even if it seems like I am asking a question, that could be perceived as something where the answer is simply a yes or a no. When tonality and certain keyword rephrasing is implemented correctly, that will almost never be their actual response. So what is an example of this? I hear you ask. So imagine the prospect said to me, well, we've been trying to find a way to make this work, but the timing isn't right. So. I want to recap in my own words what they just said in a way, which was so key to talk about and narrow split the difference, gets them to say that's right and then also giving more information. So I might say, you've been trying for a while, it sounds like, but your timeline is still an issue. Or <clears throat> I might say, the timeline is holding you back, even though everything else seems to be okay. It's a recapping in my own words what they just said that the reason I call it advanced mirroring is because you can add some flair and some extremes in your assumption that causes the prospect to open up to you in the same way. For instance, uh, we've been trying to find a way to make this work but the timing isn't right. And I say, you've been trying for a while, it sounds like, but your timeline is still the main issue. The options of how the prospect could respond to me there could simply be, yeah, that's right. It's exactly what we're going through. Or no, timeline's not, the, it's, a, it's an issue, but it's not the main issue, All right? So when I rephrase back, I wanna make sure they feel heard and listened to 
but I have the option to include something that's maybe a little bit more extreme in my paraphrasing that makes them want to address it. So the timeline's holding back, even though everything else is seems to be okay. By adding that extra line, they may be like, yeah, everything else is actually perfect. It's only the timeline. Or they could say, actually, it's not just the timeline. I'm actually concerned about price too. So I get to get sort of the same effects of what's a much simpler technique, just mirroring back, but can add some flair and color in how extreme my paraphrasing is that allows the prospect to start opening up more. And the psychological impact here of feeling understood is such a profound effect on the sales process. If you want your prospect to actually want to move forward with you, the best way is not to think, man, this guy's such a sharp talker. This gal is uh, super knowledgeable. It's none of that. It's that they feel heard and listened to and understood. And these are all techniques and using their words back at them that allow you to get your prospect to feel that while also opening up more and sharing more information in a way that serves you the salesperson. That is so key here. It's it's everything to the process. If if you talk almost all the time, you're talking 90% of the time, and the prospect is answering in one or two words to your questions, yes, no, uh-huh, yes, yes, soon, right? Those are the types of answers, and you're just doing your whole spiel, you know, you should know, if you're not brand new, that you're probably not going to close them. And if you close them, they were either a lay down that would have done it anyway, or they're going to be a chargeback. They're going to either have buyer's remorse because they were never sold in. They just wanted to be polite to you as they go through it. If you've been in sales a while, you know exactly what I am talking about. We want them talking more than us. And the way to do that is to have them feel heard and understood the whole time, not simply the most boring level of rapport that people talk about, which is just being friendly, but real rapport which is trust, comes from feeling like they think you understand their situation and you understand exactly what matters. So they say, that's right, that's what I'm going through. End of this. That's what we want from our prospects. Segment three of our podcast episode today is on active listening, which is the foundation of all effective sales communication. The other two techniques, the previous segments that I talked about, mirroring back either the final few words of a sentence or a few keywords within, or paraphrasing back the key points in your own words with adding a little flair and a little bit of extremeness in that statement to get your prospect to open up even more while saying, that's right, I feel heard and understood. Those techniques stem from how effective you are at active listening. There's a real key difference here between simply hearing what your prospect said and listening in the context of what serves you as a salesperson. And, and I, there's a bunch of strategies I, I cover in my training on ways to improve your active listening skills, but I can give you a perfect example of how profound this can be. I was selling a event. It was a high ticket offer in that it was a, you know, it's a two-day event that it costs, I believe, at the time we were charging three thousand for. And the question I asked when I went to this, the woman I was talking to, 
um, was, I believe, I asked her after telling everything she thought would be covered in the two-day event, I asked if she thought this would be helpful to her. And she said, yeah, I think so. Now, if I'd simply had a transcript of that conversation on the surface, it would appear she would have bought in. Yeah, she thinks so. But in her tone, because I was actively listening, I noticed that hesitation. And what do I do when I notice the elephant in the room? I call it out. So I said, okay, well, name. Hearing some hesitation in your voice, am I totally off base there? And she revealed to me that she'd gone to a similar type of event in the past. And in the process of buying that ticket, the salesperson for that other company overpromised her what they could actually deliver on, which is huge, right? So I was able to deal with the issue right then and there. Her skepticism about signing up to a similar type of event that had similar marketing that promised similar things. And I said to her, like, I understand that based on your experience of frankly being lied to in the past, you naturally have more skepticism about any other events you might go to, which is again, perfectly natural and actually shows you are the type of person who pays attention to what is said to her, which is a trait we usually find in people who are successful at our events. So my question is pretty simple. What would you need to see to feel comfortable about what we will actually dive into to that day so that you know what I say we're going to cover is actually what we cover. And then I was able to provide her with links we'd already prepared with like testimonials and a previous curriculum of the same event. And oh, the key about that is she looked at those things later that evening after having already paid for the event on a credit card when I was talking to her. There are countless of examples just like this that you can think regarding calling out the elephant in the room that only active listening actually picks up. If your prospect is constantly asking questions around that 30-day refund policy, or if they show their reluctance through their pauses, maybe there's extra silence before responding than usual, or that uncertain tone, or you suddenly notice a, a discomfort. If you're in person, maybe you notice them start shuffling around more when technical details of your product are brought up. These are all things to look out for and then to call on, to address directly. This is so, so important. All those other skills that I talked about all come from paying attention to what your prospect is saying, listening for those words. If I ask a question, I'm not focused simply on the next question I'm going to ask. I want to really hear their response. The ways to make sure you are in a position as a sales professional or entrepreneur, as you're asking your prospect a question and you genuinely want to hear what they have to say next, rather than just thinking about what you want to say next, is being prepared enough to know what you will say next ahead of time, kind of regardless of what they say. The way to do that is to spend extra time outside of your consultations, outside of your appointments, outside of talking to real prospects, preparing and practicing and studying the questions and knowing a framework and being comfortable with surprises in a conversation so that no matter what they say, you are prepared. In that sense, you can then pay attention to what they actually say. 
You can listen for tonality. You can hear that little bit of hesitation and call it out. And worst case scenario, when you call it out, they go, oh no, I'm actually not that uncertain. This sounds great. So for people who are afraid to call out the elephant in the room, if it's not an elephant and you were mistaken, first off, you're probably not mistaken. <laughs> if you notice it, it's probably a real thing. But in case you do, they just go, no, and it's no big deal. And it doesn't, doesn't hurt you. There's nothing negative running your process that way if you do things appropriately. Look for these things, call these things out, and you will have more success. So in closing here, I want to remind you of the profound impact that truly listening and reflecting back your prospect's own words to them can have, can have not just on your own sales numbers, but on the lives of the people you're aiming to serve. When you effectively utilize these techniques through the prospect, you will present yourself as someone who cares more than just closing the sale. You show that you can comprehend their needs and offer solutions that genuinely help because you understand them and their challenges to a product just so happens to fit perfect. If today's episode inspired you to rethink how you communicate with your prospects, or if now you've seen the power of these techniques in your own sales conversations and you, you want to start using them more strategically, more effectively, more dialed in to get better results, follow, subscribe, share your experiences with these techniques and your takeaways in comments on YouTube or in a podcast review. And remember this, if you're serious about taking your sales skills and income to the next level and transforming your professional life and your personal one in the process, text CLOSE to 33777. Let's see if we can help you grow. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Ian Ross. This is stuff we all go over in our training. This has been the Close More Sales Podcast.